you know, I, I think everybody who is in this field kind of has the mutual gripe that aviation is a hard to abate industry. It is extremely carbon intensive and that's a kind of a hard thing to like settle yourself with, but there is work there to be done. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when I started working with Carrie and taking her classes, I was able to learn that she actually has a pretty significant career working in airports. And from there, I was a little bit more inspired to seriously consider working in an airport for an internship. Hello, hello, Peter. How are we doing today? Hey, Allie. I'm good. How are you? Uh, not too shabby. had my advanced GIS class today, so that was um, not too bad. It was definitely interesting. We were talking about roster analysis, but yeah, time for me to do my assignment a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> good luck with that. Thank you. How was your weekend? Um, my weekend was good. Do you want to start with... Um, Let's start with a peak in a valley. Peak in a valley. Of okay. our week thus far. Um. My peak, was that just last week? Yeah, my peak was I gave my persuasive speech in my communications class on Thursday, and I was very stressed out about it, but it went well. And uh, many of my peers said that I convinced them to, at some point, buy, when it's time, a composting toilet in their house. We love waterless toilets. Yes. So that was my peak. And my valley... I've just been in like a digestive mix this week. The yeah. The intestines haven't been happy. I don't know what I've been eating, but it hasn't been good. It could also be stress from school. More again into be. the swing of things, you mm-hmm. know, really That's set, true. setting things off. Yeah. What about you, Ali? What was your valley and your peak? Well, my valley was that I worked all weekend, so I've been extremely exhausted. But I would also beg to differ that could also be my peak because it felt like a very productive weekend because I was so busy and I really love my new job at PJ Ryan's. So if any of you listeners are looking for a good recommendation, head on down to PJ Ryan's. It's a great spot. Yeah, see see me behind the bar Sundays and Mondays and occasionally weekend days with really depends on the day <laughs> whenever my boss texts me love yeah so you were talking about um going to duke to visit your brother um a little bit earlier to me yeah in a couple weeks um accompanying him he has some baseball um event and i'm going down with him i've never been to duke so i'm excited to that's so exciting visit the campus and the, the area um where is duke it's in north carolina I think. Oh, so are you driving? Are you flying? No, we'll be flying. I'll be flying out um, the Friday of Halloween First weekend. Class. <laughs> Get some Jack Harlow up in Speaking here. Speaking of Jack Harlow, people in Boston, I'm so upset. I, um, he was touring and he came to Boston on Monday. But most importantly, City Girls was opening. City Girls. <laughs> and that's really an L that we missed that. Yeah. But um, I would have just liked to your first class that was a song of the summer for me <laughs> with some fergie you can never go wrong with fergie mm-hmm. but yeah so be flying the last time i flew was when i went to california so. yeah when was that that was this summer right mm-hmm. yeah the last time i flew was actually two weekends ago i flew back from um, baltimore back to boston right into logan airport 
Um, it was like the quickest flight I've ever been on. It was 45 minutes and I literally fell asleep the entire thing. <laughs> the person next to me had to like wake me up. They're like, yeah, we landed. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, cool. Slept through the, the entire thing. Yeah. I always wonder, like, is it better for the environment to take a short flight or to take a long flight? Like when is, what's that like the economic and the greenhouse gas, like That's a great question. balancing I've- point? I have no idea, but all I see is on Instagram, all these celebrities taking their 14-minute flights to go to different sides of L.A., adding right. you Kylie Jenner. I know. You think about that, and I'm like, I could I, – I fly maybe once a year, if that. So I shouldn't beat myself up about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you don't own your own, like, PJ, you know, Mm-mm. putting out all those carbon dioxide emissions. Yeah. I think that should be illegal, I think, or they should be heavily taxed, the private planes. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know that much about, like, carbon emissions, per se, or airports, for that matter. But, I mean, I obviously know that the it has a large economic and, like, just physical impact on the environment. Well, Allie, you're in luck because we are joined today by Chelsea Spayman. Welcome, Welcome Chelsea. Chelsea. Hi, guys. How are you? I'm doing very well. 74 degrees today. I know. Super nice out. It was a very enjoyable walk Mm -hmm. outside. My apartment's on the first floor, though, so it's colder in my apartment than it is outside. Yeah, it was freezing in Yeah, that's what happened to us. It always trips me up because I dress for what is inside, and then I always have to go outside and and double check. It's an uphill walk here, too. Mm -hmm. It's a trek. I, like, (laughs) did not want to walk up the hill today. I was, like, a knower. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, um, so tell us your connection to the airports and um, knowing more about carbon emissions, because clearly I know nothing about that. Well, we can start with my connection to airports. So one of my best friends from college, he is a pilot. Mm. He's currently a flight instructor for Western Michigan University, and he is going to be a Delta pilot soon. That is such a cool job. It, it really is. Um, and we've known each other since the dorms freshman year. I signed up to live in the aviation dorm, and I didn't know that it was the aviation dorm. I was like, wow, all of the people in here really love planes. (laughs) (laughs) This is kind of weird. And then I figured out that you could actually study aviation, and a really large portion of the entire school does that. And throughout those four years, I really got to experience how they become pilots and the kind of training they have to go through. So I always kind of considered myself like a pilot by proxy, just because I was so, like, in there with them for most of it. I would help them Can study. you spill some like industry secrets? Ooh. Um more like something that made me really nervous. So mm. Jake took me up into the tiny planes with him twice in four years and the first time he was doing his instrument rating, which is can you fly ba- just based on the instruments without seeing what's right in front of you. And I get in this plane and he puts on goggles and can't see anything with this instructor and I'm like terrified sitting in the back like oh he's gonna he's gonna kill us that's great oh my god that's my last day (laughs) it's like trial by fire it's just like mess around and find out Mm -hmm. yeah but um that was actually probably the best plane ride I've ever been in like that was the smoothest smoothest landing I've ever had Mm -hmm. it was and it was just like a two-seater four-seater four-seater sorry yeah cool I've never been in any type of plane other than like a commercial flight they're a very different experience. It's uh, economy class. <laughs> <laughs> the second time he took me up with them, he decided to show me some of like the maneuvers that they learn in the program. Hmm. 
and we're just like coasting we're on the west side of michigan so you can see lake michigan in the distance he's he stalls the plane on purpose, oh my god <laughs> oh my god that's he so just scary. stalls it and i'm like you can start to feel it drop just a little bit and that's one of their maneuvers that they learn how to do is how to restart a plane mm. when it's starting to drop and i was like i'll, I'll kill you start <laughs> this plane right now <laughs> do you do any on. like barrel rolls or anything um I, I saw that in like so. Top Gun. I feel like you'd remember that <laughs> if that happened. <laughs> what's a, what's your perspective on Top Gun, knowing your like intimate relationship with airplanes? Um, I haven't seen Top Gun, but like most of the people in the aviation program do wear those sunglasses. That's hilarious. And a lot of them adopted the mustache after that movie came out. As did everybody else mm-hmm. with the big I like the mustaches. I'm I didn't mind it. <laughs> it was they're quirky. They yeah. have personality. But yeah. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> you have a beard. You have facial hair. I feel like mm-hmm. you should rock a mustache. See what happens. No, I don't. I don't look good with a mustache. That's not my jam. Um, <laughs> no, but back to airports. Chelsea is, I'd say, our resident expert on everything airports and uh, waste management at airports. Second to Carrie for sure. <laughs> She's the one that okay, um, true. kind of got me in the headspace of thinking that there was work for me to do there mm-hmm. you know i i think everybody who is in this field kind of has the mutual gripe that aviation is a hard to abate industry it is extremely carbon intensive and that's a kind of a hard thing to like settle yourself with but there is work there to be done and mm-hmm. you know when i started working with carrie and taking her classes i was able to learn that she actually has a pretty significant career working in airports and from there, I was a little bit more inspired to seriously consider working in an airport for an internship. Tell me more about this internship. Yeah, so I actually listened to a song that Pete sent me, and I don't know why, but it reminded me of Colorado. So I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm just gonna Google internships. Oh, was it like was it Texas Sun or one of those songs? Uh, yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. And. I decided to just Google sustainability internships in Denver or Colorado and. That one came up and I just like read all about it. And I was like, this is a mix between everything I am passionate about doing. You know, I had a two and a half year job in undergrad working with their facilities uh, as a student recycling coordinator, which was awesome. Um, Literally jumped in dumpsters and would pull out people's trash from the recycling. Wait, can we go uh, dumpster jumping sometime? Like, let's like hit up Whole Foods or something. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, So I did that and they had a waste management focus and then they also had a focus on greenhouse gas emissions, which is something that I had also gotten some experience in and really wanted to kind of press myself into and try to learn more because it is so confusing. But I was like, there's no way I'm going to get an internship in Colorado and move there for three months, let alone get this internship because it is so unique. And then I ended up interviewing and then I got it. And so this was working for an airline or working for the Denver International Airport. Mm -hmm. And uh, what do you know? A couple months later, I moved to Denver. How do you like Denver? I've like literally had this fantasy of moving there my entire life. So tell me more because I really want to move out there. I absolutely love Denver. It was this really awesome space. A lot of younger people too that, uh, you know, people wanted to have fun and it had a, a city feel. But a lot of people would, you know, have their fun on the weekend and then wake up and go do eight mile hikes the next day. It was it was a really nice like balance between like city life and 
exploring the mountains and I really was able to appreciate that. That sounds so perfect for you. It was wonderful. Speaking about hiking, I know that you um, went on an adventurous trip this weekend. I did. I was up at Acadia. It was cold. (laughs) (laughs) What was the temperature? Like, was it, did it drop like significantly at night or? Yeah, it would get up into like the 50s, maybe the 60s during the day. And then I think one morning we did the Cadillac Mountain Sunrise and we woke up and it was like 37 degrees. Ouch. That looked so pretty though. It was so pretty. We... So we did this last year too, and we got there way too early. Like it was still dark out when we got there. I'm pretty sure like the rangers didn't even want to be there yet. <laughs> and we sat in the cold for like 40 minutes just waiting. So this time we got there 15 minutes early, just waited for the sun to come up and dipped. It was nice. a much better deal. What else did you get up to? We hiked the precipice, which is I think one of the hardest hardest hikes that they have. Yeah, definitely. It wasn't too bad. It was. Uh, I've heard it's very scary. Because there's like rock scaling on some of it, is there not? Yeah, it is pretty vertical um, and there's like iron rods that you have to climb up, but it's not too bad if you just don't look down. Don't tell me that. I have a fear (laughs) of heights, so you talk about all this aviation, rock climbing, I don't think I would suit well. (laughs) Yeah, we did the precipice, which wasn't bad, and then we did um, the Cadillac South Ridge Trail. Oh, nice eight-ish miles and it was it was pretty mild not bad beautiful did you see any of the lighthouses up in Acadia or did you mainly stay towards like the wilderness sides of camping and yeah mainly the wilderness side we went to Bar Harbor for a day got dinner um saw a lot of cruise ships actually oh yeah it's a huge cruise ship port there were summer and fall yeah there were a lot of residents that had signs up saying like they hate them yeah yeah that they hate the cruise ships i was it was something yeah, I, never I mean considered. yeah if you think like as a resident certain months of the year you're just your view becomes bombarded with not only these huge cruise ships but then your town gets bombarded by tourists and this and that yeah one of a couple of my pictures from that cadillac mountain sunrise these cruise ships had positioned themselves to have a perfect unobstructed view mm-hmm. of the sunrise but, but ruined it for everybody else. By obstructing your view. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Of course. Like, I paid $6 to be up here. Yeah, Yeah. wait. So that's definitely a good recommendation to give to people when you go to Acadia. Don't you have to make a reservation? You do. And you can only do it two days in advance. Interesting. And it sells out like faster than like Justin Bieber tickets. So that's really funny, though, that it's two days in advance because when i visited abby in california and i know you when you visited her this summer you went to yosemite we looked at going to yosemite but all the reservations were already booked and she was saying that yeah they they book up for the whole season almost immediately once they get released so it's funny that one park how they manage the reservation system so differently yeah i mean so they were two days in advance um when i went to zion two years ago I think we had to get our tickets for their shuttle, not even to get into the park, but just the shuttle to like actually be able to trek into the park, mm. not even do any of the hikes. Um, I think that was exactly a week in advance. Um, and I think when I went to Yosemite, it was a week in advance, but they all seem to change. I don't really understand why. And Angel's Landing, one of the hikes in Zion, I think is a permit hike mm. now. Interesting, all these management strategies and all the different parks are also different. I like nerd out on this stuff like all the time. I know way too much about management strategies in the national parks, but um, yeah. So overall, what would you rate your camping trip to Acadia? 
nine and a half out of ten just because it was cold very valid very valid at least you went now and uh, wow i totally just stuttered (laughs) (laughs) at least you went now um instead of like in like a month or two because it's gonna be so so cold they'll probably have snow up there yeah i mean it, it probably will only be like another month until it's cold enough for them to have snow yeah but it was also so busy we got a reservation at a restaurant and i asked the lady if this was one of their busier weekends and she told us that it was one of the busiest weekends of the entire season and it took us eight hours to get back oh because it was a long weekend that makes sense oh my god eight hours to get back how long did it take you to get up there maybe five five and a half and that was with a whole grocery shop stop wow what do you what are your go-to camping meals chili because you can basically buy everything that you need in just mm-hmm. a can. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's warm. And it's warm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that one's easy. Mm. Maybe hot dogs. But I... You can like, never go wrong with a glizzy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was did. waiting for you to say that. And then roasted weenies. <laughs> <laughs> when they fall off and it's like covered in dirt. Like what are you going to do then? There's chef's like, No, that's when they're the best. No. <laughs> <laughs> chef's kiss. You love a dirty dog. <laughs> yeah. I kind awesome. of won't eat anything. This weekend was tomato-based because that's what the farmer's market has right now. Mm, and shout I'm out really to the farmer's market. And I'm really sick of tomatoes now. <laughs> so I, I know you two work together on Monday at the farmer's market. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. So this is my second season. Abby got me into it. She Miss is, you, Abby. Come back yeah, from San so Fran. We're going to record with her tomorrow. So Beautiful. Yeah. How exciting. But yeah, Abby got me into it. Uh, she was looking for a job last fall. And as you guys know, Abby is the vegetable. She's the vegetable queen. Cooking queen. Anytime we cook anything at home, we always text Abby a photo. Is this okay? Has it gone <laughs> bad? What should we make with this? How, mm-hmm. how should we clean it? Yep. <laughs> but yeah. Is this safe to eat? <laughs> <laughs> Just should be a health inspector at this point. Yeah. Literally, Abby the health inspector. Yeah. She. I was kind of looking for a job, and she got me in touch with them, and then it was up or downhill from there depending on how you look at it how often did you work last fall not too often i worked i think maybe once or twice a week and then i didn't work after november i'm sorry october and no part of me wants to dip like (laughs) in a few weeks when does it end november November. um thanksgiving week of thanksgiving wow it'll be cold it's gonna be real cold i don't know if you guys have been looking at the farmer's almanac but oh, this yeah. winter it's a polar vortex baby yeah it literally is Ooh. like it's gonna be a, a cold cold snowy winter i actually love that mm. I, it's been an adjustment for me just in the past year because boston doesn't get as cold as michigan so i, I want an intense mm. winter so you I miss the cold it. it makes you feel at home a little bit i kind of want to go visit michigan in the winter it's got its charm, especially northern, northern Michigan. I also recently learned about the Michigan Peninsula. Yep. That's <laughs> a thing. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> Anytime I've, like, heard of Michigan, everyone always whips out their hand for, like, the mitt, you know? Yep, exactly. The mitt. The and mitt. then they always point where they're from in Michigan. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, yep, I'm in, like, the nape of the thumb and the pointer finger. Yeah. I'm Detroit. Where is Detroit? It's in this side of the state. (laughs) Then I went to school over here, so I think I grew up over here. Yeah. Then sometimes you can do it with your hand, make an upper peninsula like this. Beautiful. Look at that. But it's kind of hard to direct from there. Mm. Michigan. 
I've never really spent that much time out in the Midwest. I went to like a couple, com- well, I went to a conference in Indianapolis, but I would say that's like, I guess I went to Milwaukee one time. That was really cool. I was really young though, so I don't really know if that counts because my memory is not too um, memory-like. <laughs> I've heard great things about Milwaukee. I was just talking about this in one of my classes last week. Somebody in there, I think, wants to move to Milwaukee. I can't quite remember, but it's, it's a happening town. The Midwest mm-hmm. as a whole, underrated. Maybe I'm biased, though. Yeah, all I ever relate is, like, corn and cold <laughs> to the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold. Yeah, I'll be honest. I really don't give the Midwest much thought, usually. Most people don't. That's okay. <laughs> I know you're there, and I appreciate y'all and what y'all do, but. Landlocked. Mm-hmm. Except Lake Michigan, I mean, they're, they're like the yeah, they're like the ocean. Yeah, they are way. like huge. I really do want to see. You know, I think I sent you a video, Pete, when I was camping on Lake Michigan over the of summer. the beach. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think I sent it to you and Abby, and I was like, "Would you believe me if I said this wasn't an ocean? Because it just it, it goes. It, go, it looks like it goes on. Yeah, that's yeah, because cool. you literally like can't see the other side of it, so it's basically like open water. How do you deal with that in Denver with, like, no water? I know that there's lakes out there, but what was that like? It was actually such an identity adjustment. So one of the other interns that I worked with, she was from Minnesota. So we were both, you know, Midwest girls. And we often talked about how much we missed being by water because it is so arid in Denver. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was great on some days. But, you know, when you hit the weekend and you don't really want to just go, like, sit in 100 degree weather and just like just sit there do a lot of people have pools and like artificial swimming bodies a lot a lot of apartment complexes have pools Mm. and there are a lot of like reservoirs but because it is drinking water you're not always allowed to swim in them so Mm. you can you can sit on a paddleboard but you're not allowed to get off the paddleboard i see but it it was an adjustment it made me realize how much you take for granted being that close to water all the time when Mm. you're suddenly basically have none that's something that i was always warned against as a kid because I grew up in a beach town and everyone was like oh you move away from the water and you're going to be wa- you're going to want to be back in two seconds mm-hmm. and I went to a school um, undergrad in Pennsylvania which is very much landlocked and I there was a couple rivers and things that ran through but it's clearly not the same as like open water um, and so that it's definitely a huge transition and I don't really know if I could like live in a place for an extended period of time without like at least a good body of water to you know, enjoy and be a part of nature because it's like mm-hmm. so part of my identity. Like you said, it's an identity crisis almost. You yeah, know? exactly. Readjusting to your surroundings and environment. Yeah, that's why I think, you know, in the short term, I would love to move back to a place like Denver. Um, but longer term, I see myself back in Michigan. It's just, you know, home. Nice. So are you, so I know you're in the sustainability program. I am. So you are finishing up this semester, correct? Yes, I am. Very exciting. Very exciting. Do you have any goals for next steps or is it a little too early to be talking about that? I don't want to stress you out because <laughs> I know it's very stressful. You know, it's it's stressful and it's exciting because I, this is kind of the moment that I think a lot of us have been working up to for a long time. Um, you know, I didn't take a break between undergrad and graduate school, so I this me is neither. my first time. Yeah, you get it. It's just your first time like really getting into what it's like to be applying for big jobs and feeling like kind of a real adult mm-hmm. in a very small way because, you know, I still don't have my own health insurance, but 
It's fine. That's like the biggest thing. And I feel like nobody really ever talks about it enough. But l- when you're looking for jobs, looking for what like type of benefits they have is mm-hmm. really, really important. Especially if you have like any underlying health issues or anything. Like that's one yeah. thing that I'm like super stressed about. Well, I still have like a little bit longer. But like when I'm looking for a job, I don't really necessarily care as much about the salary rather than the benefits. Give me good benefits and we can talk. <laughs> we'll negotiate. Did your internship have any good benefits or perks working at the airport? Oh, what were my perks? I think some would say working in the airport was a perk, just because it was it was kind of cool. You, you get know? to skip TSA. Yes, actually, <laughs> I did. Stop that. Did you feel like a badass? A little bit, you know. Wait, you when you were flying during your time, like when you were in the internship and employed by them, and then you were flying as a customer. Did you have to do TSA or things like that? I yeah. did still have to do oh, TSA. Okay. It was very strictly against the rules mm. to skip TSA when you're flying. Um, but I did get it's I wouldn't say like skip TSA. How do you get in the airport like as an employee? Like there must be an employee parking lot and yeah, like you a can back go through the parking lots. Uh, so there's like the main lines through TSA, mm-hmm. and then they have these like turnstiles that are behind those that you can get into with your badge. Mm. Um, mm. Den- did Denver you have to turn airport. in your badge or do you still have it? I did have to turn it in. Mm. Security. Yeah. <laughs> Security. <laughs> Yo, the FBI is on this podcast right now. <laughs> yeah. So was your internship like a nine to five or was it like did hours differentiate? Did you work only cer- certain days of the week? Like what did that look like? Pretty much worked every day of the week. I, I tended to lean towards the eight to four, but generally eight hours. Uh, it was as close as you could get to a full-time role for the most part. Nice. And I didn't go into the airport every day. My commute using public transportation was extremely long. Mm. So I was going in two, three days a week. How long was your more. commute? Over an hour. Wow. Yeah. Definitely not manageable. 20-minute <laughs> walk plus like an hour on the train, 40 minutes. So wow. would you also work remotely sometimes? Yeah, I did. From your apartment? I did. Mm-hmm. So what was your typical day like in this internship, or did you even have a typical day? Like, were you doing different tasks? Like, give us give us a little rundown of yeah. your summer. So, you know, some days they would be a little bit more steady than others. I would have a task that I was spending most of my time on. For example, working on their scope three inventory. I could work on that all the time, really. That was mm. a bulk So back of up work. for a minute. Can you explain to us the different scopes in GHG emissions, why? That's important. Yeah. So scopes are kind of ways to like classify different sources of emissions and um, different responsibility over those emissions in a way. It's it's a really great framework for that. There are three different scopes of emissions, scope one, scope two, and scope three. Scope one are direct emissions, think uh, stationary combustion. Uh, scope two are indirect emissions that you get from buying electricity and importing uh, heating and cooling, stuff like that. And then scope three is essentially everything else that falls in mm. an entity's value chain up or downstream. Mm. So um, easy example, scope three emissions for the airport are the emissions that are created by the jets themselves, whereas that for an airline is scope one. Interesting. Interesting. So kind of going off of that, like, did you, so is that what you spent most of your time doing is the inventory for scope three emissions? Yeah, that is what I spent most of my time doing. Did you find that interesting? Um, did you find anything super surprising when you were doing those inventories? What was like your biggest takeaway from? Some days it was very interesting. Some days it was really frustrating. I I had some experience prior 
working with uh, inventories. And I think what was really surprising for me from working for an airport was just how different emissions are at an airport because it is just kind of its own entity and it has operations that are extremely specific to an airport. So I kind of had to rethink a lot of what I knew about emissions because there were things that fell into these emissions categories that I had never thought of. Like a a big uh, scope three source for airports is glycol. And glycol is what they use to get ice off of planes and then keep ice off of planes before they take off. Because if you have ice on your planes when they take off, they can tip over. They actually had a huge accident where a plane flipped. Oh my God. Everybody was fine though, I think. And so glycol is a scope three and glycol is a chemical that emits CO2 or the production of glycol emits CO2 or both? I wish I could answer that question. I probably spent over a week working there trying to figure out how the emissions of glycol, the emissions factor for glycol is calculated. Oh, I I guess I I would. So glycol is probably must be a carbon. It must be a CO2 based molecule then for it to be considered a greenhouse gas or or it's a I don't know. I can report back to you on that one. I'm going to see Carrie in like an hour. Yeah. Right. Because I remember in Carrie's class, we, you know, mainly did CO2 stuff, but other GHGs or methane and all these other things that then have factors that you multiply. Um, So maybe glycol is just like that. Is it a more, is it more intense than a CO2 molecule? Do you know? I don't know. Honestly, I still don't know that much about glycol. (laughs) I just know that you know, airports do have to use a lot of it, especially mm. in areas that do get those kind of yeah. Do you know what, like, could you rank off the top of your head, like what are the major either compounds that are being emitted, like glycol and, and CO2, or no, like, well, if you're doing an inventory, like what what are the most, uh, is there a ranking in your inventory? or Of, like, most prevalent sources of emissions? Sh- yeah, I guess that's what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, um... It definitely depends on the entity for airports. For the most part, I'm not sure how at liberty I am to speak on the specifics of their inventory, but you can imagine it'd be entire, almost entirely from the airlines themselves because they do own those planes and because airplanes, jets themselves are such heavy emitters. Speaking about jets and their emissions, should we transition into a little trivia game? Yeah, let's do it. All right. I did. This was very minimal research, but I think that they're very interesting. Oh, no. (laughs) So talking about large levels of emissions, which celebrity has the largest level of carbon emissions in 2021? Kylie Kardashian. Or I I can't believe I said Kylie Kardashian. Kylie Jenner, sorry. (laughs) I was watching the Kardashians. (laughs) She don't care. (laughs) Floyd Mayweather. Or Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift. Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. Miss <laughs> <laughs> um, Blondie is releasing a new album. Um, when is it? The 21st? Who? Miss Most Emitter? Yeah. Miss oh. <laughs> Hates the Planet. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, she was found to have the most emissions. Um, Floyd Mayweather was second. Um, most emissions in a private jet? Yeah. For private jets. Yep. Yeah. Um, or I think just in general, oh, um, in general. Th- it was just Her in general, lifestyle. like as a celebrity. Um, yeah. And it was found that um, Taylor Swift uses her private jet a lot more than um, she said that she did. I wasn't really up on this when it came out. Did 
her media team have anything to say about that? No, they or didn't they just because Kylie took all of the. Um, Oh, I bet you she leaked. She did something and made Kylie more. Yeah, um, which is funny because Kim Kardashian actually has more emissions than Kylie, but people were like losing their absolute shit over the fact that um, Kylie takes like a ten minute flight across LA, like pretty mm-hmm. regularly, and people are like, "Why?" Although I saw some person that said that some of that is quote unquote maintenance for the plane, <laughs> mandatory maintenance. Sure, sure. Sure, <laughs> Sounds sure. Sounds sus to me. But. Sounds super suspect. All right, what's your next question? My next question is, what is the biggest airport in the United States? O'Hare International Airport, Denver International Airport, or Logan International Airport? Are we talking largest by size or by passenger count? By size. That would be Denver at 53 square miles. Beautiful. Ooh, ding, ding, ding. Wow, you're two for two. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, it is, in fact, the largest. You had even more data on that than I did. I didn't <laughs> even write that down. Um, I just, yeah, cool. What um, did you enjoy most about your internship? That is a great question. It was such a well-rounded experience. You know, I didn't, it was actually a whole internship program, so there were interns across so many different departments at mm. the entire airport. And would you have, like, sort of mandated almost meetings with these other interns to sort of network and just, you know, yeah, talk about your experiences. Yeah, I got to tour in some of their departments. Uh, some of them came and toured mine, and they organized a lot of activities for us to get to know the airport outside of what we were just doing for work. Mm, that's cool. So we got to tour, you know, part of my job, I did actually get to go down on the tarmac pretty often. Which is cool. Did you have any of, like, the flag waiver things? No, but... They always look pretty serious. So. Yeah. I, I got to go through the the trash that was down on the tarmac. And Chelsea, You're our just resident. Just a little trash rat. <laughs> Chelsea, our resident dumpster diver. <laughs> so funny. Okay, into our next question How many airports are in the United States? A, 10,000. A, or. <laughs> A, 10,000. B, 15,000, or C, 20,000? You want to take this one, Pete? I mean, I, let's both say it. Three, two, one, fifteen thousand. 15,000. I was going to say 20. 20,000. Oh, Chelsea is on a roll one. over here. The actual number is 19,622. So I did a little bit of rounding, but that is the number of airports in the United States. With that, how many flights on average go out every day? A, about 3,000, B, about 5,000, C, around 6,000. I'm going to say 5,000. You're kind of close. It was C, about 6,000, but I rounded up. Wait, how many airports did we say there were? No, no, um, there are 20,000, you said. Yeah, just about 20,000. Somehow I would think there would be more flights. <laughs> I kind of thought so too. You know, with that many airports, but I, I guess that number must count very small airports. Does uh, yeah, the the twenty thousand airports counts like private, like airports, oh, like okay. large <clears throat> airports. It counts like okay. everything. Are the number of flights counting ones that are just like from domestic US, US airport to U.S. airport? Yeah, they're domestic flights. Yep. Sorry, should have clarified. <laughs> should have clarified. <laughs> but that goes to show, like. In the aviation industry, there's a lot of like minutia 
that goes into it. I'm, I'm sure you've encountered with inventories, right? Having to make decisions about what are we including or, or not including in our numbers or whatnot. Definitely. And this was kind of their first go at a real in-depth scope three in inventory. So a lot of the work I was doing was trying to just figure out if the data that we needed for it even existed. Mm -hmm. So you were really like innovating and pioneering for them. Trying my best to. Yeah. Did you in enjoy that? Because obviously certain internships, like you would be put in a role where it's pretty prescripted what you're doing. It, everyone knows your, the steps you're taking, but yours was not really like that. I felt supported to kind of lead my own way in what I was doing, but nice. I also felt like I had plenty of resources within my department when I got stuck. Mm. You know, my boss, Katie, she was fantastic. And sometimes I would be working on something and I would walk in her office like six times in a row because I just had so many like questions running in my head. And she was always there and never frustrated actually to like help me work through those. Nice. Um, but never felt like I was kind of being like um, managed in a sense, which, yeah. which would have been fine because it was an internship, but. Well, it sounds like you were, you had a really good mentorship with Katie. Absolutely. Everybody in the team at Den was absolutely fantastic. And they are hiring for more positions. So shout bug. out Denver Airport. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Nice. <laughs> Do we oh, have more trivia questions? Plug. I have one last question. All right. Final round. Final round. What is the busiest with the number of flights? So not so the biggest with like the number of flights going out. So what is the busiest airport in the United States in 2021? A, Logan International Airport. B, LAX. C, Atlanta. It's Atlanta. It's Atlanta. Atlanta. Hot Atlanta. <laughs> Speaking of Atlanta, I remember you had mentioned you were thinking about looking at, or you, you had looked at a job there, right? You had yeah. actually interviewed for a job. I have. How did that interview go? It was pretty good. You know, it is the was the job is it doing inventories like you were over the summer or different? No, actually. It's um different sustainability but also still in the aviation field. Hmm. Um I don't want to jinx myself, but totally understood. Yeah. But um fun fact, Atlanta International Airport is the hub for Delta. So if you're ever looking for flight deals, um specifically for Delta and going to Atlanta, like that's what you should do. And BWI is also the hub for Southwest. These are all just like little tips and tricks if you're trying to save some money on some flights. Because mm -hmm. um, the hubs, obviously, they're cheaper flights because there's more that are frequented there. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. Um, back to your internship over the summer. One project was the inventory. Did you do any other projects? Yeah, I got to work on some of their waste management strategy. Obviously, you can imagine an airport, they produce an absolute ton of waste, especially with so many passengers coming through. It's a lot of single-use uh, items, mm -hmm. and prior I'm to sure COVID... probably more with COVID now. Yeah, prior to COVID, they were... I, I believe they were composting prior to COVID, and once COVID happened, they really had to turn away from some of those programs that they had implemented, which was a big bummer, and mm. now that they're kind of moving into an era with less restrictions... We were able to restart a composting strategy, which was back of house. So we were just dealing with some of the restaurants that exist in the airport. There are a ton in the mm -hmm. Denver airport. And trying to train them on how to compost, what we take. And I developed a tool. It was just a Google form that would link to a spreadsheet mm -hmm. so that we could do compost inspections anytime. Uh, our 
composter, the people that pick them up, they're one of the largest compost facilities in the country. Hmm. I got to go tour it, which is really awesome. Oh, cool. And I found a whole intact egg in a pile of compost on their facility, hmm. which is kind of cool. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. But one of their big problems is the contamination. And they said it's getting to the point where they're going to have to turn it away. What is compost getting contaminated with? A lot of household items, plastics. Um, you know, so the, waste that, you know, should be going somewhere else, but yeah. is going into the compost. I think a lot of people have a hard time with recyclable versus compostable, mm-hmm. especially because it's called A1 Organics. They they accept so many things. It's really a fantastic composting program. But, you know, some cardboards and papers you can recycle, mm. some you can compost. And I think people struggle with the rules a little bit. Um And one thing that we were really trying to get at is if we're going to redo this composting program, we really need to eliminate some of that uh, contamination we're experiencing. Hmm. So I was able to help them develop a way to inspect and make sure that we're hitting key data points every time we inspect to make sure that the compost is improving over time and how we can implement effective feedback to our restaurants and concessionaires super interesting do you guys have like a um an educational program that kind of went along with that with um like waste management and just making sure that everybody was on the same page about like what was being composted or i think we kind of did on like a case-by-case basis so i would actually go with my boss and go to these restaurants and the managers would get all of their employees and we would train them on the spot based on what was in their kitchen how did you like doing that it was interesting i definitely since it's you know a restaurant and airport's kind of small all the customers look at us like hello like <laughs> everybody in this entire restaurant is gone like i just want my burger and i'm like i'm sorry but we need to compost so mm-hmm. gotta gotta let them know yeah but did you like like educating these groups of restaurant employees and did you get good feedback from from them with that or I would say for the most part, a lot of the managers were really enthusiastic about composting. I think because, you know, there is such a push, I think, you know, from consumers, from different government agencies to be more, you know, sustainability minded. And a lot of them wanted to be on board. So what I was receiving back was excitement. Um, I wasn't necessarily always directly talking with them, but I was there for it providing signs or just mm. wearing gloves to sh- just for fun i guess mm. but moral support moral support oh. yeah exactly awesome sounds like your internship was really great for you are there any were there any drawbacks or or things that you would have done differently or things that you wish had gone differently or, or just things that were tough i would say generally speaking it was just tough doing a scope three inventory at an airport mm. um because Denver, as we discussed, is the largest airport in the country. You know, the, I think it, there are thousands and thousands of employees. So even finding the right person to ask for what I needed mm. could take weeks. Getting a response could take a couple more weeks. So I think that was, you know, it was That's awesome really working. Yeah, I it was like awesome working in such a huge organization, but it was equally That's the so downside of it a bit. Yeah. Is it almost th- in case li- cases like that working, it takes more time to find the it's not that the answer is hard finding out who knows the answer and contacting that person is the hard part tracking them down exactly Hmm. and i think in a couple different instances for us the data hadn't been collected yet so it was 
you know, it's not that we can't have the data, it's that we don't have it right now. And sometimes it was... Can you speak to what examples of what data had yet to be collected? Any well, I'm example? trying to remember. Um, like, I think of one, one thing that may have been harder to track for them was the refrigerants that they were using, hmm. which, you know, there are refrigerants that the airport owns because they have their own cooling systems. And then there are all the ref individual refrigerants that every single concessionaire owns. And, yeah. Like, who do you really even begin to ask for stuff like that? Mm, that yeah. one was really mind-numbing at times. Taking an intern imagine. and going <laughs> and getting an inventory. <laughs> but overall, it was a fantastic learning experience. I, I really walked away and felt like, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not um, getting an expert in Scope 3 inventories by any means, but I feel like I can I'd say you're on your way. valuable work. Doing my best. Yeah, yeah you taught me a lot. Like, I genuinely had no idea about, like, the difference of the scopes. And so clearly, you know, quite a bit if you're able to explain to someone like me. So Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even cooler, I'm in uh, the greenhouse gas accounting class this semester with Gary. And we're working on the Tufts uh, emissions inventory. Oh, nice. Love. What are you doing with them? We're what are you inventorying. I think we're doing 2020 and 2021. Yeah, 2020 and 2021. And just trying to find all the data and put it together. So are you, like, if the whole class is doing it, you must specifically be looking at one yeah. thing, right? So what yeah. are you looking at? So we broke it up into, or Carrie broke it up into two groups, mm -hmm. and you paired up with somebody on a specific aspect of the data that we needed. Mm -hmm. So I'm working on fleet data. Fleet, like vehicles, tough-zoned vehicles? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, like, public safety, their buses. Yeah. What, what can, can you give us any um, preliminary findings? Uh, we just sent the emails last week. Oh, okay. So, <clears throat> what are you hoping to get back? What do your emails contain? I'm hoping to get back exactly the data that we need. That which is what? How many vehicles there are? Which, if they're gas or electric, like things like that? We'd be looking for, you know, how many miles they drove, mm. um, how much they spent on gas, or, you know, how much? Yeah, how much they spent on gas if not how how many gallons of gas was that total and then we can convert that into a uh, greenhouse gas equivalent and whether or not that was gasoline or diesel mm -hmm. stuff like that cool very interesting sounds like a very engaging class it's awesome highly recommend it what other classes are you in this semester i'm taking conflict negotiation mediation and resolution probably not in that order <laughs> but that's also a really awesome class. I highly recommend it. It's um, a different skill than I feel like I've learned in my like academic career at all, which is very engaging. Mm -hmm. Very and important, too, to add to your repertoire of uh, skills. Definitely. And um, oh, what's the third one? Energy policy. Energy policy, yes, with Bruce. Nice. How's that going? It's pretty interesting. We've had a lot of really knowledgeable guest speakers which has been really fascinating. Um, you know, learning about Reggie, which is the regional greenhouse gas initiative for New England, which is really interesting. Um, we had a lady talking about geothermal energy this past Tuesday, yesterday. Um, just, just really interesting people. We even had the energy pa planner from Cambridge who came to talk to us. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nice and local. Awesome. Yeah. A lot of exposure to practitioners. That's yeah. great. Um, I have one last question for you. What advice would you give to students in the program who are looking to do an internship next summer? Um, you know, general advice or, or what not to do, just in your experience. 
from my experience, I would definitely say it's never too early to start applying. Um, when did you start applying and looking? I started applying at the beginning of January mm-hmm. of last year and or this past year, and I did not have a final offer until maybe the end of March. How many did you apply to? More than I could even tell. Mm. I was applying all the time. But definitely never too early to apply and kind of push yourself. I Moving to Denver wasn't something that I planned on doing, nor something that I really wanted to do, but I really felt like it was such a valuable experience to me, and I would not be as confident going into a career this December if I hadn't had that experience. So, mm-hmm. you know, awesome. think outside your own box a little bit. Yeah, and push yourself, it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. Very good. Well, thank you so much for coming and joining us today, Chelsea. I had such a great time. I know. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks, Chelsea. Good luck with all your schoolwork this semester as midterms are coming around. I know, you guys too. Cheers. All right. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye.